0: What we found It's a big sound In a small town Far from the bright lights They're making music Every night Hear what is all around It's a big sound In a small town It's a big sound In a small town It's a big sound In a small town
1: Hi, welcome to season four of Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. Join me as musicians tell their stories about how they became musicians and the stories along the way. to have you um you guys are pretty busy these days uh i see you're on the festival circuit pretty hard for the summer
2: oh yeah yeah we're you know happy to get things back back in uh, up and running after a year and a half of not doing anything <laughs> R-
1: really i mean that has changed uh pretty much changed everybody's music perspective i think everybody's glad to be back what did you do with your time down oh, yeah. during that?
2: Well, I, um, I played a lot of shows with steep Canyon Rangers. Um, during that time, they fireside, um, was, was took a break during COVID, but the certain bands were doing the drive-ins and that sort right. of thing. And, yeah. um, so I, I sat in with them and I played a lot of pickup gigs around uh, Brevard where I was living. Mm-hmm. And, um, I cooked a lot and I, bis- <laughs> I bicycled, I bicycled a lot and, uh, I worked on, uh, you know, songs and Dobro. So I actually stayed fairly busy, uh, musically.
1: Now you got any songs from that period that you're going to be recording?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. X, Ex- uh, we just recorded, um, a single. It's, it's actually out right now. It's called blue is my condition. Right. And, um, that's out right now on Mountain Home, and then I recorded uh, the other song on our newest album um, called Your Song Goes On, and that's just two of, like, <laughs> sure, probably I'm, 12.
1: Yeah, I, I, so you guys are doing the um, kind of like the old 45 uh, release singles and then put it all together at one point?
2: Yeah, that seems to be the trend nowadays is um, the labels will release a couple singles over the, a period of a few months, Yeah, and then, and then the whole album comes out, so...
1: Yeah, I mean that's uh that's the going standard and it kind of makes sense if you think about it. I mean, it lets you uh uh do it as you go along a bit and um you know, it keeps you current for oh, I don't know, if you do it it, it keeps you current for a long time as opposed to putting them all out at once and maybe watch it f- fade away
2: hey that that's the strategy and uh they're the experts on it so i just go along with it
1: yeah well you're on you're on what mountain home
2: yes yep Uh, mountain home
1: yeah i know those guys uh ty
2: yeah yeah that's right ty gilpin
1: (laughs) yeah uh yeah you work with john over there too
2: yeah john weisberger um the the single that's out right now blue is my condition we actually co-wrote so um Ah. that that was a fun experience learning how to write with him. That's another thing that came out of the pandemic for me was uh, I did a lot of co-writes and uh, wrote a few songs with John and love loved working with him.
1: Yeah, John's fabulous. I mean, John is, is as he told me, um, you know, I don't really write songs myself. I just um, help people with their songs. That's what he always that's, tells me.
2: <laughs> that's exactly what he does, and he does it well. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, a song, well, I call him for myself, if he's working on my stuff, he would be a song fixer. Uh. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's accurate. So, where'd you grow up?
2: I grew up in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, kind of in the uh, outskirts of Raleigh. Um, and uh, yeah, from from pretty much uh, the age of two all the way up t- till uh, I moved uh, moved around in college and right. stuff. But now now I'm in I'm in Asheville, so. But
1: I, Raleigh's my home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, Yeah, I used to have a friend that lived in Clayton, North Carolina. Which, uh, oh,
2: yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then I have
1: um, a bunch of family members that have gone to North Carolina State. In fact, I got one graduating next week from a grandson from there. So.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah the Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you
1: start playing? Mu- I guess you did start playing music in Raleigh.
2: Well, um, I didn't really start playing music until um, I was like in my early 20s, my uh, neighbor uh, was having a yard sale, and I was probably 21, maybe 20, and um, in that yard sale, she was given uh, or putting a guitar for sale, and um, an acoustic guitar, an old Washburn uh, acoustic. And her son brought it over to me and said, "My mom's going to sell this." um but she thought maybe you'd like it before she puts it in the yard sale so i said all right um and then i I took that guitar and uh i fell in love with the guitar immediately and that's long before i knew what bluegrass and the dobro was but um so i took i took to music kind of late uh compared to some of my friends and um but i was always around it you know growing up and uh, my, my my uncles played music and
0: so, but yeah so, so i guess you were
1: listening to something other than bluegrass at that time too probably
2: yeah i was listening to um well growing up i heard a lot of um you know pop radio and yeah. my mom was always listening to, to that and then my dad was really into uh, rock and roll and uh, led zeppelin right. eric clapton bb uh, king uh, a lot of blues yeah. so when i got when i got the guitar um i, I you know i first took to some of the old folky stuff like sure. bob dylan and woody guthrie and then i got really into the blues um learned a bunch about acoustic blues music which there's a really a really um awesome lineage of acoustic blues in, in north carolina yes there um, is. so I, I i really got into that style the finger style yeah. old piedmont blues oh yeah and then bluegrass came Yep, later on after that after all that <laughs>
1: well I guess the finger style made it easy for you to easier for you to make the transition over to um, a dobro I guess
2: a- absolutely yeah I, I was even using finger picks so uh, I was pretty used to all, all that stuff and, and then when I got the dobro I even was playing you know in open tunings a lot flat um, yeah. guitar right. so um yeah it was actually a perfect um, transition to dobro it was very I had a, I had a head start, you'd say. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, I could see, um, that, that in particularly if you were using, uh, thumb and finger pickers already, I could see that would be a pretty easy transition and playing slide and open keys. I mean, yeah, I could see that.
2: Yep. 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 So, <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so what you just, um, what, you know, what drove you to bluegrass?
2: Well, me and my current bandmate, Jesse, who's, uh, Started Fireside. Um, He's the mandolin player. Mm -hmm. Um, We were uh, we went to college together, along with uh, Carson, our bass player, uh, at East Carolina University in uh, Greenville, North Mm -hmm. Carolina. Yeah. And um, Jesse and I were as I was getting into Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie and uh, the blues. He also sort of more from a rock and roll background, um, but also he had you know he went to musical theater and sang in church. He was getting into. Bluegrass, kind of simultaneously. So, I, I'd show him some stuff I'd learned, you know, from Robert Johnson or right. uh, Sunhouse, and he'd say, "Oh, well, you gotta, you know, check out this this guy Bill Monroe or the Stanley Brothers." And right. I was like, "Well, I started to kind of understand that, you know, the blues and bluegrass all had this sort, of, came from the same, sure, soup, you know, yeah. the same,
1: yeah, <laughs> it is, I same mean,
2: recipe, yeah, and um, yeah." So he, he, I credit him to, you know, exposing me to bluegrass. And uh, so we were all about listening to the old stuff. We didn't really care about what was new. Right. And uh, so we would just listen to old, you know, Flatt & Scruggs sure. and um, Doc, Doc Boggs yeah. and uh, basketball Lamar Lunsford and all that old-timey yeah, music. Yeah,
1: that's old stuff, man.
2: Yeah, so, so he, he uh, and Doc Watson, of course. So, yeah, of so course. he kind of exposed me to that. And then I was like, well, man, this is kind of like the blues, and but different. you know let me, let me go down this pathway for a little bit, and that led me to uh, the Dobro and Bluegrass
1: And uh, okay, so I guess you were digging back into like the Brother Oswald stuff and stuff like that on Dobro.
2: Yeah. so the first Dobro player I heard was Mike Aldridge on yeah. the seldomham scene State- yeah. old, old train.
1: Sure, yeah.
2: So then I, then I went backwards and figured out who Josh Graves was right. and uh, Br- uh, Bashful Brother Oswald. Right. Um, and then, you know, Jerry Douglas kind of yeah. emerged after all that, too. And when I heard Jerry, I was like, all sure. right. Yeah, <laughs> this, oh, yeah. I mean, that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jerry takes it to a whole different level.
2: Yeah, yeah. he does. But I, yeah, but Mike was the first one I heard.
1: I, um, I have a friend, Faisu Starling. Her husband was John Starling and played in, uh, oh, yeah, Yeah, and uh, she lives in Spartanburg, and uh, she just has wonderful stories of, of the time they're uh, playing bluegrass in Washington, D.C. I mean, it's just crazy stuff.
2: Oh, man, I bet the, at the um, Birchmere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, man, that must have been, I'm, I'm good buddies with the Jay Starling.
1: Yeah, okay, then there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Faisa is just, uh, she's got some great stories. A lot of them you can't talk about on the air, but, you know, she's got some <laughs> some wonderful stories. And, and not only that, you know, during that time that she had uh, people as diverse as Lowell George come and stay at her house, because at that time she, she herself was playing with Emmylou Harris, so...
2: Oh wow! Oh, yeah. yeah, that is amazing.
1: So she had kind of uh, country and bluegrass all going in her ha- house at the same time, and rock and roll too. I mean, it was kind of cool. Oh
2: man, I can't imagine all, all the good jams she must have seen. No, oh, yeah, in her, mm-hmm. in her
1: in her kitchen because that's where everyone would stay um, when they would come. They would stay at her house. I guess she had a bigger enough house because you know John was a doctor. Although I don't know, right. if it, you know, so I'm sure she had a big enough house in Washington to house everybody. Yeah. But, Man,
2: that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's
1: pretty, I mean, if you ever get a chance, she plays around some, if you ever get a chance to meet her, go out of the way. She's a really, really nice person, approachable, and has some great stories. So.
2: Oh yeah, I'd love to hear some of those.
1: <laughs> so, so, um, you know, so at some point, I guess, since you were playing, is Bluegrass what brought you to uh, Asheville or yeah. Bland, that area?
2: Yeah. Well, I first moved to Asheville with Jesse um, after college, and uh, we were both so fascinated with, with acoustic music at that time. Sure. Um, he, he he wanted to come out here and kind of be closer to the to the source, and yeah. I decided to move out here with him. And um, we would go to all the jams around town and uh, – yeah i cut my teeth both of us did um going to the jack of the wood jam yeah, and uh sure. you know playing playing in the background where nobody could hear me and then over the months that i was you know getting better with dobro i'd slowly move up to the microphone and take a break here and there but
1: uh, you kind yeah, of nailed it now i mean i mean <laughs> i'm
2: doing my best yeah, yeah you're doing a pretty good job
1: i mean oh, I, I see that you're not just playing with fireside i've seen you playing with other people too so yeah.
2: Yeah. I've been staying busy. I didn't, I didn't know this when I picked up the instrument, how obscure it was, but it is. when, when, when somebody needs a Dover player, I mean, there's only a few people in town to call. So from a, from a, like a, you know, a, 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 business standpoint, if you want to look at it like that, I I picked a really good instrument cause I'm it's, it's in demand and there's not too many people around. So I get, I get, uh, I get called a lot.
1: I'm sure <laughs> you do. And, and that's good. Yeah. However, you know, if you weren't, good at it you probably wouldn't get a lot of calls because i've seen you playing with um the higher level acts not um the pickups right. things you know yeah
2: so man i i feel lucky about all all those opportunities and playing with the steep canyon rangers was a musical highlight
1: <laughs> i'm sure i'm i'm sure they just had some really strange news this week too so um yeah,
2: yeah. i kind of me by surprise. yeah i mean um that,
1: that was kind of weird but
2: and tim o'brien uh playing with played with him recently that was pretty amazing and yeah, uh, my so, buddy travis book from the infamous string dusters is, you know so he's sure. it's been awesome it's been a great journey
1: oh and i guess you know um a road player you know andy i guess the string dusters oh yeah yeah andy andy hall yep. andy he's yeah.
2: got a, a andy hall's got a wonderful um Online Dobro course that um, you can go and it's all video, video uh, lessons. And um, I did that for a while and I learned a lot. Um, The Dobro's really hard to find instructors in person, so that was very helpful. Um, You know, that was a great resource for me in the beginning to help with my technique. But yeah, Andy Hall is amazing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he is amazing. He he and I guess you know uh, Rob Hikes too, probably. Oh,
2: Oh. yeah, yep, yep. I actually have Rob's lessons on my uh, online right now. I'm, um, I'm, I've just subscribed too. So, trying to, trying to continually grow and as a player and even giving some lessons myself. So that's great.
1: I mean, um, but the, yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of, not a lot of them playing around. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm fortunate. I'm playing with one tonight, actually. <laughs> who is who is a 17-year-old pedal steel player and over a oh, player
2: amazing That's yeah. a whole beast that's a you know that's like going to outer space oh, it uh, is. trying to trying to play a pedal steel
1: it is i mean it's it's crazy <laughs> i've messed with him over the years but that's a lot of effort
2: i uh, know uh, i mean
1: i you know uh, he he would probably rather be a, a steel player but he'll play dobro and he'll play bluegrass he'll play anything at drop of a hat i mean when you're 17 you'll play anything
2: oh yeah yeah i can't imagine starting that young that's awesome
1: his name's silas hamilton and he i think he'll have a really good career at it
2: all right i'll have to check him out
1: please do now um i guess you guys have a booking agent i guess you got i mean you got the whole nine yards going on with your band it's a good band
2: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We have a booking agent, John Everhart, um, based out of Nashville. Yeah, So, Yeah. So, yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's he's our man. We love him.
1: Yeah, he's good. He's good. I agree. He's he is good. So, so, how did you, how did you guys get the guys that you have with you now? I mean, I guess that just came through living in Asheville.
2: Well, Jesse and, and Carson, our bass player, and I, uh, like I mentioned, knew one another from college, and then Jesse started the band in 2014, and, um, you know, we were already living out there, and uh, we didn't meet Joe until uh, maybe like two years in. We we had another guitar player, and um, our first guitar player, uh, he didn't really, you know, enjoy bluegrass as much right. as we did <laughs> yeah. so uh we um he, he he's an amazing rock and rock and roll guitar player I, and i think he was you know fascinated by the tony right tony tony rice and doc Watson right. and the technical stuff but mm-hmm. he he like turning you know plugging in and, and turning up and, sure. uh, but but he was a great great guitar player and um toured with us for you know a year and a half but um Jesse was at a jam. Uh, I think it might have been in in, in, in in Johnson City. He went up there, and Joe was a student there. And uh, Joe, uh, or Jesse, heard Joe play and was like, "Man, this guy, he, he's he's got a grasp on what you know what we're trying to do." And uh, so, um, you know, it was a cordial uh, departure yeah. with uh, our first guy, and then Joe came on, and immediately just kind of. You know, we had that ETSU connection at right. that point uh, because he was still in school, and you know these guys were going to school for bluegrass, right. and uh, there is just kind of like eye-opening, like whoa, this is this is what this is what it's like, you know. You you, you can kind of gather some uh, idea about you know authentic bluegrass going to a Jack of the Wood dance.
1: Sure, you can. Oh yeah, you can. Um,
2: um, but. But these guys at ETSU were just all just so good. Uh, it was, um, so, so Joe, when he graduated, uh, he was actually full-time in the band during, during his last few semesters uh, and was doing homework and projects and all this crap. That's really cool, and man. And that's and really cool, acting. yeah. Yeah, we were surprised. He was so, he's so dedicated and able to balance that. And then um, we were out in Colorado and we met Alex, our banjo player, and he was in another band and uh, we just met him randomly in, in uh, Fort Collins and a couple years went by and we were still a four piece. We, ex- we experimented with a, a fiddle uh, player here and there for a while. But um, so Alex, we discovered, was leaving that band and coming to the East Coast because uh, he was based out of Washington at the time uh. and uh, he was going to go to ETSU. Wow. So we said, "Damn, this guy's coming to ETSU. Well, we'll let's let's get him too." <laughs> so uh, we asked him, and um, he, you know he was uh, ready for it. And um, and just like Joe, he finished school while touring full time. And uh, I give a lot of credit to those guys for yeah, I would say uh, so playing all those shows with us. And um, yeah, so Alex has been in the band. Uh, he's the newest guy, but it's still been I mean, it's been five years now. So. Right.
1: Uh, Well, yeah,
2: it all kind of came together organically.
1: Those guys at East Tennessee—they put out some good product. I know songs from the road band. They have a banjo player from there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. uh, Yeah, they
2: have a great program there. Yeah, they do. They special.
1: They really do. I mean, and that's so cool that you can go to school for that. I mean. I know. I know. You know, you go to school for a lot of things, but going to school to be a bluegrass player would be a wonderful thing right right. <laughs> I mean, so what did you do today scales <laughs> you know what i mean it would be great right, it, yeah you know it, it would it would uh but it's something that uh, particularly in my lifetime was ne- never available so i had to hang out with um uh, a uh, bunch of old guys <laughs> the pickers yeah yeah right yeah. right and I hope yeah, that someone that, I mean, was that's, kind that's, and show me something you know
2: yeah no that's that's awesome i think that's uh that's the cool thing about bluegrass in particular. Unlike any other genre, there's this, um, you know, tradition of, of passing it down to each sure. generation. And um, it's a very grassroots, uh, you know, kind of down-home, uh, organic uh, style of music. And I think that's so special about bluegrass.
1: Oh it, oh, it is. And another thing that bluegrass musicians do that others don't is uh, you can't actually go and jam with quality musicians. Um, you know, they inter, they inter intermingle just because you're in a band, just beso- because you're in Fireside Collective does not mean that you will not go and play with someone else, you know? Right, Like, like right. Steep Canyon Rangers. I mean, uh, you don't get that in a lot of other genres of music, you know? They s- stay you're, with you're their right. own band, so.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, I, I'll give you an example to. Uh, I'll take tonight in Shelby. There's a band, Hen House Prowlers. Um,
2: oh yeah, I love those guys. They're here in
1: town, but uh, Darren and Brooke Allridge, you know, I guess you know them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian McMurray from Acoustic Syndicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the Dobro player that I play with. You know, we're all going to jam tonight, and that's just, uh, you know, everyone's here, and you can't get that in another line of music.
2: No, no. That's what that what makes uh. You know, one of the things that makes bluegrass so cool is, like, when you, have you been to the IBMAs in Raleigh? Yes, I have. And and you know, walked around the hotel, sure. and Just jam after jam, and everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. It's such a, a beautiful thing, and uh, at the festivals too. And we're going to Merle Fest this weekend, and, yeah. and hoping to find hoping to find some jams. Well, kinda,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I found them. I you know, I I've, I've played there, been there. As you know i've done both played and and been there as a uh, member of the audience you know and there's a, there's a lot of jams going on so yeah i mean that is one of the cool things about it <clears throat> um and i'm sure uh being a double player you get <laughs> you get a chance to jam with you know yeah man we're gonna let him jam we got 12 guitar players but you know
2: i know i know <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's so- true (laughs) yeah i mean that's
1: the fiddlers and dobro players uh you know you got a lot of got a lot of banjo players a lot of guitar players even some upright bass players but you don't have those you don't have many of those so you guys all you guys are always welcome you know yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) that's funny i work as a bass player but i also work as a harmonica player so i also get to do that i'm the odd guy out too a lot of times in bluegrass i get to to do that too. Uh,
2: oh, wow. Like straight harp or cross harp? It's or? cross harp.
1: It's, uh, I have a blues background, but, um, I can, I can play harmonica in any type of style. It's just one of the things I've learned over the years, but
2: man, that's awesome. It that's, works that's for bluegrass. Instrument. Yeah. So you can play like the melody and everything like in cross yeah, harp on yeah. a typical bluegrass song. I can. That is awesome.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, we can't go real deep with a lot of uh, variation on fiddle tunes, but uh
2: right, right. You know,
1: as far as me taking my turn on the lead break, yeah, we're good to go. so
2: man, that's so cool.
1: I listened to a lot of Charlie McCoy as a kid beside all the blues guys, so uh,
2: oh, yeah, so was uh, he the harmonica player on um. All that will the circle be broken with the nitty gritty? Oh, band? no, no, that, that
1: was Jimmy Fadden. Oh, he's fabulous. Oh, too. that's I right, know Jimmy. Him. Yeah. Oh, I know him too. He's a fabulous. He can do that and play drums. That's crazy. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that is pretty amazing. I can do it and play bass, but, but then it has to be more, if I'm playing bass, it has to be more Bob Dylan style. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's about as far as I got with the harmonica was, was Bob Dylan style. I, yeah. I tried the cross harp stuff. Um, but man, the harmonica is a, a, hard instrument. It's, to trickier,
1: it's trickier than what people think. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I had a lot of help with it early on cause, uh, from, uh, uh old blues guy kind of helped me along the way, which that helped a lot.
2: Oh man. So
1: nice. he, cause I was starting out kind of straight heart and he said, man, that's not that, that stinks, man you know he that said stinks, man. Yeah. He <laughs> said, that's just not good at all uh, i said well, what am i supposed to do and then he showed me she started showing me about bending notes and stuff it was really cool
2: oh yeah yeah that's that's the good stuff right there when yeah. you start bending, bending those reeds yeah
1: man it was good it was uh uh yeah and i've since then i've been around a lot of of the more famous blues harmonica players right. and 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 a guy, Terry McMillan, who was a country player who lived in Nashville, but he's from Greensboro. He was from Greensboro, North Carolina, and he played on a ton of country records. And uh, I got to know him, so I, I had some help along the way.
2: Cool, yeah. Man, that's that's exciting. I have a whole, like, uh, case of different keys back, back uh, you know, stored away somewhere. Right. You, you've been... In, in inspired me to maybe bust them out again. It's fun, man, because that's <laughs> yeah. that's,
1: as, that's pretty much as novel in bluegrass as as uh, the dobro. A,
2: a a kick in a snare. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah,
1: it is. Although people, although really and truly, uh, uh, some of the flat and scrugs had uh, some drums on it, and uh, uh, Bobby Osmond stuff had some drums. Yeah, on it. yeah. I mean, but but, yeah. but you never saw it live, you know. They just did it in the studio. On yeah. the
2: studio stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you never see bluegrass bands out with a snare drum, or you know, it's just yeah. Uh, well, uh, no,
2: not not so much anymore. <laughs> uh,
1: unless it's saw uh, leftover.
2: Leftover salmon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or or
1: acoustic syndicate. I mean, uh,
2: right, right. Some some people might might uh you know, yeah, debate cut that. their eyes at you, if you call
1: that bluegrass. Yeah, this is true. I mean, there's, you know, there's a couple of schools uh, of it, you know, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You know, and uh, living in North Carolina, you get your, you have both of it.
2: I know. I, I, I love it all. I love the traditional stuff, and I love the bands that are sort of pushing the boundaries and doing true. their own thing with it.
1: Well, it's th- exciting
2: to be a part of the genre.
1: I think that I think when they do push the boundaries, I, I do think that helps keep it alive and gives it to a broader audience. Uh,
2: oh, definitely! I agree 100%. I mean,
1: I mean, Jimmy Martin, Flat and Scruggs, they they played with a pretty diverse group of musicians, and I think it's uh, they're okay. You went to East Carolina, so you don't know about this beach music. <laughs> You know, oh yeah, that is a dying, dying form of music because uh, they didn't take it to a different level. They didn't expand it, and the people are old, and the young people see nothing in it. So, it's dying a hard death. Bluegrass, bluegrass could have done that at one point had they not uh, embraced uh, a little bit of change.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. I'm, I'm very familiar with beach music, and you're right. It, it's it's, it's very very niche and it is you know you don't really hear about it anymore but bluegrass I feel like is uh is on is on the rise Oh, it,
1: it is I mean I mean and it, it's kind of been up and down you've had times when it's been just really hot and then times when it's cooled off but it's hot again you know I mean yeah, yeah it's it's um uh, it most you,
2: definitely is
1: and you know I work out of the Earl Scruggs Center i mean, I run this podcast out of the Earl Scruggs Center so I'm I'm uh, privy to a lot of old time stuff. In fact, uh, Earl Scruggs Center just returned from Earl's house with a whole bunch of stuff. Whoa! Uh, I I saw the Grammy for the Will the Circle. uh, Wow! Yeah, that's too cool. I mean,
2: that's fascinating.
1: uh, And and tons. I mean, tons of uh, personal pictures made along the way. You know, somebody with a little camera and then you get some big time photographs that you've never seen of guys like Jim Marshall did and stuff. I mean, but it's, uh, you know, that is one of the cool parts about being there. And then I, then like, uh, last week I did, uh, uh, Darren Nicholson, I guess, you know, Darren too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I get to, that is one of the things I get to do a lot of bluegrass and a lot of different styles of bluegrass. And, um, I really like your band and I was really interested in it and I, really want to talk to a um, dobro player, you know I mean?
2: Awesome. Yeah, well, we're excited about playing the Earl Scruggs Festival later this year. And sure. Can't wait to check out the place. and.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be pretty cool. I have to work it from the podcast standpoint, but I'll be there. You know, it'll be,
2: mm-hmm. it'll be fun. Okay, cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll come and get you guys together, and we'll do something for the podcast if you want to.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love
1: that. Get the whole band together type thing but uh what else i need to know tom
2: well we got uh like you mentioned a big a big summer and um you got anybody okay we're playing. going to our website which is firesidecollectiveband.com or just following us on instagram and facebook we're always posting about our shows and um keep an ear out for our new albums coming out uh at the end of summer so uh, late july but um yeah hope hope to see uh see some people out there on the road
1: that'll be good that'll that'll be good that's um i, I love the fact that you came to um music late I, um, <laughs> I sure did i mean i i i know another successful musician who came to it late too. a guy named scott moss and um uh, uh you know there's no wrong time
2: yeah i i think that um you're right about that and when i when it did come even though it was late it it was not it was not gradual as soon as i found that guitar uh overnight i just devoted my whole life to it and uh had no idea at the time i would be uh, playing as a career but uh i love it so much and it's a part of my my whole existence now. And I, I'm in, you know, I play an instrument every day. Um, I pick up the guitar, the dobro and work on songwriting or playing. And, um, I'm just so grateful that I did find it. Um, even if it was a little late, that's all right. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, take John, for instance, he didn't even go to Nashville till he was 50. You know,
2: that's amazing. I
1: mean, that's just crazy. That is. I mean, yeah, I I love that. That's uh, that's unheard of. And then, to go to Nashville and actually uh, have success on, in bluegrass, usually that's not where you go to have success in bluegrass either. So. Uh,
2: no, no, that that's inspiring. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that is. So, so you're an inspiration, I think, f- to a lot of people who, you know, it's not too late. You can do it, you know?
2: All right. Yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll be an inspiration. Sure, man. I mean,
1: I yeah. Mean, uh, you've got yourself to a high level starting at a, at a late age. So, so yeah, you know, that's a, that's a positive, good vibe for anybody.
2: I, I, I agree. I, I, thanks for pointing that out. That's, (laughs) that's a, that's a good, a good approach to have. Sometimes I, I wish, uh, you know, I hear about your buddy Silas and I'm like, Oh man, you know, if I had learned that. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, it makes you wonder what would happen. Had you learned, it. right,
2: right. But you know, I had a, diff- a different plan for me, uh, you know, from 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 the man upstairs. So sure. he said I was going to learn it a little later. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's it, all right.
1: It's all right because um, I don't, you know, it's uh, I don't guess it matters the road you take. It's the destination at the end, you know. It's the thing. So, Amen, Amen. I, <laughs> yes, I, I think you got yourself there. So uh, there's not a thing in the world wrong with that, Tommy. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um it's just uh
0: Absolutely. Yeah, very
1: it's just, it's just a great just a great story you have there.
2: No, well, I appreciate you listening to me. Uh and um thanks for doing this uh the show and being a part of the Earl Scruggs Center and all, all the hard work that goes into that. Yeah. And thanks for having me.
1: All right, thank you.
2: All right, take care.
1: All right.